Out of Bounds, William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead, live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Texter uh, from the 864 with a great point says, I was actually at the baseball game on Friday, and I guess we really did not want one camera on that flat performance. (laughs) (laughs) One view is plenty. That that is true. That's very true. Um, And and he also uh, says it, it was the best thing, the whole lineup change. I, I literally, I've never seen that in baseball. Not from positional weakness. Um, I've, I've never seen that. Now, sometimes you, like sometimes in the late innings, you're up by 10 or 12. Like, I look back, there were a couple times last year in a midweek game where Clemson had, you know, a 9 or 10 or 11 or 12 run lead that they put in a bunch of young players and a bunch of backups to get one or two ABs. But I don't recall it being that total, that early, uh, in a game in a weekend series, I just don't I don't recall that, and um, it did pay dividends because they did have a much better approach at the plate. Uh, they did have to come from behind three different times in the game to win it on Saturday. It was very much a back and forth game, and they kind of dominated the game yesterday. I mean, it, I don't think it was their best performance by any stretch yesterday, but they kind of dominated the game. Like Aiden Kanak was unhittable, and remember. I said this, I don't think I was breaking a lot of news to people, but I said last Monday the best pitching I saw from anybody in terms of stuff was Aiden Kanak last week, mm-hmm. and he was the one bloated ERA, and it felt great to see him just shove it down their throats for six innings. That's what I thought was impactful. Because now you've got, you're heading into South Carolina week, and I don't want to minimize the USC Upstate game because... Judging by recent experience, USC Upstate can run rule you. I mean, they're they're a good team. They're a quality side. But you're looking ahead to the South Carolina series. I feel good about Tristan Smith, and I feel good about Kanak at home on Sunday. The question that I would still have is Friday night. And Eric Backich was asked yesterday by the media, who is starting on Tuesday? And he said, Gordon will start. But he will be shorter to preserve him for the weekend. Mm. Now, I don't know if Austin Gordon is going to start. What I think is probably going to happen is somebody else is going to start on Friday. And they're going to use Gordon in a bulk role behind him. Rather than giving Gordon multiple starts um, multiple starts this week. Uh, the other possibility, and I think, I think this is what they did last year. The other possibility is to use Gordon as an opener role, literally facing like three batters or four batters or five batters on Tuesday so that he can start over the weekend. Maybe you bump Tristan Smith up to Friday and let him throw on the road against South Carolina, and maybe you let Gordon throw on Saturday with a little bit of an enhanced pitch count. I believe that's what they did with Tristan Smith last year where he made his first start after getting an opener spot at Floor Field. I think that's what happened, if I remember, if I remember the, sequencing, uh, the sequencing correctly. I would be okay with that. I've not been super jazzed about either one of Barlow's starts. I like Barlow. I think he's got really good stuff, and he's a bulldog. He loves to compete. I'm, I'm just not feeling it right now, and I'm especially not feeling it on the road at Founders against South Carolina in a game I have to call on Friday night. I, I I would feel better about Smith in that role or 
even like short leash, give me Gordon for four innings or something like that. Um, another texter says, uh, my concern is six errors on Saturday. I'm not worried. It, it was so bad, I'm not worried about it. It's like the Friday loss. It was so bad, I'm not worried. You're not going to see those eight times. Like, you're not going to see a six-error game. Um, like I said, you had in four plays, like literally the pitcher gets the ball four times, two pitches, E1, E1, pitch, pass ball on Saturday to score a run. Mm. I've never seen I've never seen that in college baseball ever. Not at not at this level. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. I you know I've seen it at the little league level. <laughs> it there was some little league. Yeah, stuff you're going right. On. It, it was so outrageous that you know that's that's an outlier. Do you think of this team generally as a good fielding team? I think of them as a team with some good fielders. That's what I would say. Okay, so tell me what the difference is. I there. don't I don't think this is a good fielding team right now. And I'll tell you why. Canarell is your best defensive outfielder. He's not out there right now. Mm. So you're 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 down a little bit there. I, your shortstop has committed five errors in seven games. That's not good. Um communication has been lacking. Uh, particularly with certain guys in certain spots, there's just a little bit of a hesitancy around communication. There was a there was another play that really I would put in the book as an error, no question, and the coaches probably would count it too. That's not a physical error because no physical error was made, but it was a play that should have been made and wasn't because of communication on Saturday. So like Bob and I talking about it, we're like, that's an error too. Um, just in our brains. So I would say you've got an issue at shortstop right now. I think you have an issue at first base about who to put at, who to put there because you put a few guys there and none of them are sort of like quote unquote prototypical first baseman because Gerald is out, Obertop's having a catch, and I think Obertop is probably your best defensive first baseman. So like on Saturday, you have your second best defensive catcher, you have your second or third best defensive first baseman. You have your second-best defensive center fielder and a shortstop that has five errors in the game defensively. Things are going to go awry. Um, I, that That's where I would say, I think there are good... Blake Wright's a good defensive player. I think Hinderleiter's a good defensive player. Uh, I think Obertop is a good uh, is a good defensive player. Um, Alvin Mathis is good on defense. Will Taylor's good on defense. I think he made an uncharacteristic mistake at one point uh, on Saturday that I wouldn't expect them to make again fielding a ball. Um, and you know what? I think Jack Crichton's a really good defensive right fielder. So you have some... Jerem Purify's a really good defensive middle infield. Like, you've got some good pieces. The communication and the experience together and trying to find how they fit best, I think is still a work in progress. So that's why I answered that question in a weird way when you okay. asked it. Um, let's go to John and Anderson, who's up with us next. What's up, John? Hey, I was. Uh, you mentioned the run rule earlier, uh, and I don't. I know about the softball run rule, and I see that SEC is doing run rule. Is ACC doing run rule, and what is the rule? Um. So it's a good question. There is not a specific uh, run rule. I don't believe in the ACC. Um, what can happen though is that 
the teams can get together and discuss a run rule at home plate. Um, typically, this doesn't happen on the weekends. So, like, I don't think there would have even been a thought about a run rule on uh, on Friday because the two teams are playing the next two days regardless. Um, but for midweek games, a lot of times, there's a run rule that's established between the two coaches at home plate before the game. And so that's how, like, there, there were some games last year where Clemson run ruled the opposition. I think Clemson may have gotten run ruled one time, uh, either last year or the year before. Um, because that was talked about before the game. I don't believe the ACC has that this year, but I could be wrong. Okay. And uh, I understand you did a great job on the, on the call over the weekend. So that's well, what you. I hear. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Right. I mean, Thanks, John. Thanks for the phone call. I did Saturdays. I hope I did a good job Saturday. It was, uh, it was better than – I felt bad for Don because you can't say anything at 18-1. I mean, there's no, there, there, there's nothing you could do about an eighteen to one game. I am, uh, I, I'm reading some rule changes uh, actually on North Carolina's website, and it lists two as experimental uh, pitches between innings is something that NCAA is experimenting with. Also, uh, how quickly you have to be in the batter's box on the on the pitch you. Like there's an experimental rule, you got to be in the batter's box within eight seconds of the end of the pitch clock. Go figure. Uh, but those are <laughs> those are experimental, and they are uh, they're optional. As I'm reading this here on North Carolina's website, they list a ten run rule. Uh, it says a ten run rule will be in effect after the seventh inning of all ACC game. Okay. The rule stipulates that the game shall be stopped after seven innings if one team is ahead by at least 10 runs in accordance with NCAA playing rules. Um, there is, let's see. When a double hit. I'm, okay. This, this is a, this is, you tell me if this is new or not either. When a double header must be played on the last day of the scheduled series. I think this is, we've did this, done this before. The teams will play one seven-inning game followed by a nine-inning game. I, I think that has been an option before. I don't know if it's been mandatory before. It says if the first game goes more than seven innings, the second game of the doubleheader will revert to a seven-inning game as well. A doubleheader on any other day of the scheduled series will be scheduled as two nine-inning games. This is to keep Sunday open for a doubleheader because of weather. Because yeah. in the past, I mean, they you, they lose so many games to the calendar if you have rain on a Saturday and you rain a game out and you didn't play a doubleheader on Friday. Yeah, you're not going to have time because of uh, particularly travel up and down the East Coast. You're not going to have time before the the drop dead time, whatever that is. Yeah, in some schools, if they have to fly, a lot of baseball flies commercial and not charter, so. They have a you know a deadline. They have to be at the at the old airport. So anyway, uh, according to North Carolina to UNC baseball, there is a ten run rule in ACC games this year. And okay, so uh, that in a couple of weeks that'll take effect. It will still be discussed a, a lot of time, particularly when we get into the meat of the season and teams want to preserve their pitching. 
it will be discussed as an option during midweek games. It is something you can do in midweek games there. Uh, Texas asking about Jacob Gerald. It appears the timeline on Gerald's injury, we don't really know, but it appears that it's going to be shorter than what they originally thought, which is good. Um, Gerald, I, I've gotten great returns on Gerald's progress defensively behind the plate. Um, and so, uh, you know, that that's a, in particular with some of the guys that you've had to play at first base, I, I now much prefer Gerald behind the plate and overtop at first and give you more flexibility to play hinder lighter left side of the infield, Crichton in a corner outfield spot, that uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Doug and Clemson says, I agree I counted eight errors, not six on Saturday in my book. Yeah, there were there were just mental mental mistakes or communication things that happened that didn't result in anything. But, you know, they 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 would be things that the coaches would address. And so I would I would contend that six was a was a pretty low number uh, with regard to with regard to errors on Saturday, at least like errors that we can talk about. Um Texter says, asks about Canarella. It is his, as I understand, it, it's his right arm that's the that's the trouble here. And as you can see from this weekend, he has no issue swinging a bat. The issue is uh, throwing, and that's why you saw him in the DH role three times this weekend and not in the field. And um, I would say uh, they're they're trying to figure out the best way forward on that right now whether it makes sense to sort of rehab him and get him back in the field or to sort of use him as a DH, which is kind of a bummer for, for a couple of players who, if you had Cantarella in center field every day, you could, you could sort of rotate in and out of those DH roles. And so, there, you know, somebody's not going to be able to play because Cantarella's in a DH role uh, out of that glut of infielders. On the other hand, a guy like Jack Crichton, a guy like Nathan Hall, um... I got like Devin Parks who made his uh, made his debut the other night um, out in uh, out in right field. He was the only guy that stayed in the lineup during the whole line change. Uh, those guys could get a little more run. All right, radical thought here, Quag. Okay, if you get to a situation where Cam can't play the field, I mean, and you're that is going to be the ruling going forward. Is there any chance you consider him back in the infield? I mean, it was a shortstop in high school. It's uh, like I'm thinking, like maybe a first base. Is that is that crazy? I would say it's not super crazy. Now, the one thing that you would have to worry about there, which would also be concerning the outfield, to be fair, is with a shoulder injury. If you're diving, if you're lunging, if you're right. reaching. I would be a little concerned about that. I, I had the same question about like Fernando Tatis Jr., who kept hurting his shoulder, and people were like, he should play outfield. And I'm thinking to myself, right, the outfield has never once hurt a shoulder. Yeah, and keep in mind, Cam hurt his his shoulder diving back to base, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which he will still do. <laughs> so it it's it's I think it's tricky. I think it's tricky. I agree with what you're saying, though, because at first base, you don't have to throw quite as much. You can rest it a little bit. You don't have to air it out, certainly, like you would from the outfield. There's not as much wear and tear on it, um, especially as a um, as a throwing shoulder and throwing shoulder situation. What? Sorry, just what? just waving out the window at the old boss man there. Oh, okay, very good. I was gonna say who drove through our parking lot now, but it's uh, it's just the boss. Um, by the way, uh, textures are pointing out, and I should I should say this. 
Uh, I did Freudian slip. I did say Spencer Con. It was not Spencer Con. Brody Con uh, home run on Friday. So Spencer Con no home runs. Brody Con <laughs> one home run. Shout out to the Con family for having two athletic kids. All right, uh, stay with us before we get a break. Want to tell you about our friends at Tiger Express Wash. Uh, they are where you go if you want to get your car washed. Period. End of story. Great people, great service. They get those uh, those tough stains out of your car. They're the place that can get them out. I swore off uh, those automated car washes for years because couldn't get the tough stains out. I gotta If I got to go wash them again when I'm done, that's not a car wash that I'm going to go to. Tiger Express is the spot for that for me. And, and you know what? I, I, too, used to be, quite frankly, scared of automated car washes. I am a monthly have a monthly membership at Tiger Express because they take extreme care with the brushes inside the the auto, the automated brushes and they're not going to scratch my vehicle. Uh I mean they they have people in there they are they are routinely checking those things and by routinely I mean like I'm guessing like every hour uh, they'll come out. They'll oftentimes come out and look at my vehicle after it comes through to make sure they're not seeing a problem. Um, so I, you know, I have a black vehicle. That's dangerous. I'm not. I'm not worried about it at Tiger Express. That's good stuff right there from Tiger Express Wash. Three locations to serve you in Clemson, Pendleton, and in Easley. Stay with us. Hour two. Of the program continues. We'll talk a little basketball. We'll shift our focus to the hardwood when we return. Don't let turnover stall your business. HTI is the Upstate's trusted attraction and retention partner. We work with employers to provide all things workplace, including recruiting, staffing, HR services, team building, and leadership training. Call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. Again, call Ryan at 513-6563 or visit htijobs.com backslash upstate today. I'm Eddie Bennett. Bennett Equipment is your premier independent local construction equipment rental and sales source. With three locations in the upstate and one in North Georgia, our Takeuchi lineup of track loaders, excavators, and wheel loaders, and full line of attachments are ready to make your jobs easy. So don't settle for less. Choose the best with Bennett and Takeuchi. Proudly supplying equipment in our region for 24 years. When you need equipment in the upstate or North Georgia, buy it or rent it from Bennett. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have as strong a tire as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company, a winning combination since 1973. Call them today and be sure to check them out at PendletonTire.com. Whether you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, see for yourself why the team at Ralph Hayes Toyota and Anderson has been blocking out the competition for 75 years. PJ Hall here, letting you know if you want to stay on top during the regular and post-season, Ralph Hayes Toyota has your next ride. From their certified pre-owned to all their new 2024 Toyotas, South Carolina's oldest Toyota dealer welcomes you. Ralph Hayes Toyota, Clemson Boulevard, Anderson. We wrote the book on price. Ralph Hayes Toyota. 
Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels, municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you. If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. Powered by Upcountry Fiber. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Six sports minds playing with powerful toys. He's got some tools. 105.5 and 97.5 FM. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Two out of bounds, William Quaggamush, Ben Milstead, right here on the flagship station for Clemson Athletics. We'll go to Delvin here in just a second. First, I want to tell you about our friend uh, Brady Brandon and the Samuel Property Group. The story behind it, um, just heartbreaking. Um, they had a miscarriage and um, with Bahina's wife, and they decided to to channel the grief and the pain to something good. They wanted to help people, and so that's why... The name Samuel is on the company. Um, they just they were inspired to to want to help people in a difficult spot. And if you're in a in a situation where you've got uh, a family's uh, estate tied up in probate court, you want to unload a property quickly and get cash in hand and not have to deal with all that, they can help you. Um, if you're you know if for some reason you've got another financial transaction, you need cash quickly. You you can't uh, wait for the MLS system to work itself out. They can help you. Uh, you know what? You might prefer it to the MLS. They they will tell you that. That's another thing. They are very honest with people about whether or not they feel like they can do a better job for you than a traditional system in terms of uh, selling property. You can get a check in your hands in as little as ten days with the Samuel Property Group. Go online, uh, see more about how the SPG can help you at SamuelPropertyGroup.com. We're going to talk Clemson basketball in this uh, segment as well. We, Of course, we got to get on the court storming debate. We'll get to that. Delvin is up with us next on the phone. What's up, Delvin? What's up, Paul? Uh, what's up, Ben? Yeah, the court storming situation, man. I know a lot of people have their opinions on it. I got my opinion. Like, 
wait for us to have best security, but and I did, but uh, I don't understand uh, Philip Cassidy's kind of my it was personal. I don't think it was personal, but he, if you see his feet, he sort of tripped the dude up a little bit too. So I don't know what you can take from that situation. But if you look real, if you look at the camera that I saw, there a lot of people. Saw, it looked like he stuck his foot out there. A little bit. I don't think he stuck out there on purpose, but he tripped the dude up a little bit. If you look at it, so you can't say it was personal when your foot tripped the dude up. He wasn't trying to run into you. Yeah, I there were some particularities with that situation that I think made it unique. I mean, it, you know, there were. We're going to get to it. There were a lot of things I think you could point out from that, from the different angles and so forth. I mean, I wouldn't say that it was like it was Filipowski's fault that he hurt his ankle. No, I'm not, I'm not, say, I'm not yeah. trying to say that it is fault, but if you saw his foot, though, it's, it kind of took the dude up. Right. You know? I mean, you know, a couple fans were were probably not feeling great afterwards, too. I'm not saying they had the same right to be there as Filipowski, but there, it, it was a weird situation, and there are a lot of folks talking about it like it's normal, and it, that was that was not a normal situation, I don't think, even as far as court storm is concerned. Yeah, and uh, you talking about you trying to get to know gymnastics? I got to do it. Ask um, Peter Woods on um, TJ Parker. Well, they 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 talked about it a lot. You know, ask them too. They probably tell you some things. That their conversation is very similar to the one that I have with my wife. My <laughs> wife also. She uh, we we've been to several of those. Uh, we've been to several of those uh, gymnastics meets, and she has said she's never had less respect for my ability to do math. Because I still can't <laughs> add correctly what I what the the total supposed to be and the deductions and all that stuff. I just I, I don't yeah. know. So maybe I need to talk to Peter and, and, and TJ about that. And I want to give a shout out to the women's lacrosse team. I watched that Saturday. It came on Saturday for basketball on ACC Network, and I watched it against Duke. A big win on the road. Yeah, look, uh, it was uh, it was it was big time. I'm gonna tell you, it was big time. Uh, that's that's not an easy place to go win. It's not an easy program to go beat, and they did it. Delvin, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, yeah thanks for my call, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, so as Delvin brought up the court storming, let's uh, let's spend a little bit of time talking about that. If you missed it, um, we've got uh, we've got Kyle Filipowski on the court, gets tripped up, hurts himself. Uh, now everybody's we were talking about handshake lines last week. Now we're talking about court storming this week, which is how you know we have got to get to the postseason in college basketball. We got we've got to get there. Um, ben, what are your thoughts and impressions about? The Wake Forest Duke situation and the court storming discussion in general that's going on right now. There's there's several particulars about that story that people will debate and have differing opinions on. I, I would just say this as a reminder to uh to myself and to everybody else. First and foremost, the court is for the players. The home players and the visiting players. I and and we'll get to some of the particulars. Uh, you know, could Filipowski have done stuff to maybe make that situation uh not as bad as it was? Maybe, but my overarching thought is he has a right to be there. It is his court because he is a player. And I, I do think we have to keep that in mind. Uh, Filipowski was, if he was walking up through the stands to get to concessions, I would feel different about that story. This happened on his turf. So uh, I do think we have to keep that in mind when we're talking about placing blame or whatnot. Fair enough? Yeah, I think so. And I, like I was... 
I would say I was vicious. I, I, I've crossed the line before with stuff I've yelled at players as a student, okay? I'm talking as a student. As a grown adult, there are different standards. As a student, I rushed the court a couple times. Uh, 2009 Duke game, I was there. Uh, you can find me on the TV broadcast. I was there, man. I got a video of being knocked down by Clemson students rushing the court during a Duke game. Okay. Several years ago. So, is either Duke or North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wore it with a ba- got a little cut on my hand. Wore it with a badge of honor. Hey, that's right. I was there for the court storming of 15 or whatever it was. Um, I I would say this. I do think, and I hate to do the, like, back in my, I'm, I'm my early mid-30s, okay? Back in my day, we blah, 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 whatever. I do think, I mean, one of the things that Brad Brownell said is that, because um, he was asked about it after the game. I'm sure every coach is asked about it after their games on Saturday. And he basically said, I appreciate it because, you know, like, he's mm-hmm. always been about, like, this should be a college experience. It should be different from the pros because you get to do this with your peers that go to your same school. And you should get to enjoy wins with your peers that go to your school. And so he appreciates it from that standpoint, but he said, like, students are aggressive. Mm-hmm. And he said it's only a matter of time before somebody has an interaction and an athlete responds because he feels threatened in a certain way, and people are not going to like that. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, let me just throw some randomness at you here, Quark. It First, I don't want to convince – let's not convince ourselves that, like this is some epidemic. And ironically, we talked about this last week. Yeah. And we I did. pointed out how, how many court stormings occur and how few issue, incidents you have. Is it is it zero? No. And some people feel like it should be zero. I would argue it's never going to be zero. Uh, uh, you know, it's just it's just not. And zero, but I mean zero uh, interactions between players and and fans. I, I mean, I. Um, so that's one thing. I would also point out Wake Forest Wake Forest students came onto the court faster than what would be the norm. I mean, they were flying, man. Yes. And there are some angles where uh, Wake Forest security were encouraging it. I mean, they were waving people. I saw one where they were waving people on. Uh, I mean, they if, if they could have just slowed it for two seconds – I mean, literally two seconds because, and you know this at Wake Forest, the tunnel at Wake Forest is directly behind the bench. And it's, so it's pretty accessible. They have a, they have a, an, a, a, you know, a walkway there. And, but the unfortunate thing is the students are on that same end and they go, they almost start behind your bench and they wrap around. So it, you're all, you know, like, and you see that with Filipowski, he's almost having to walk towards them. I mean, if he has two seconds, it's he's he's off the court, right? You know, so I mean, Wake Forest, Wake Forest can and should do better because if you have court storming on the other end, and it, like, who cares? It's it's older people and the bench, the the visiting players. Are going to the tunnel that is where the students are. If you just have a couple of people there, they also have. Uh, I know they have at least one media table right there. So you know it's not that helps block would help block traffic. I mean, 
my point is they they could have they could have done better they could have done much better uh and and you can tell when people are getting ready to come on the court i mean you can see it in the stands with 30 seconds to go um you know so they they could have they could have could have fixed it also filipowski you know, it's a lot of people saying, well, he looks like he tried to trip this guy and he pushed this other guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I, I would just say, I mean, like, think about if you were him and people are running at you. I think it's almost natural to use your arms as a shield and you're trying to feel your way through the crowd because, I mean, you're going against the grain. Uh, and, yeah, I think I mean, it does look like he maybe instigated some of it but whether he did or didn't it's his space he's also and, and 6 I, 11 with long gangly right. legs that probably were not meant to navigate close quarters sprinting mm-hmm. across you you know what i'm saying yeah and also for the the, the weight there is one wake fan that kind of kind of pushes him in the ribs maybe i think that very easily could just be you're trying to almost not run into somebody you again you're kind of using your hands as bumpers uh, my i agree with everything you said there F- the first thing that happened in this situation is that the game was still in doubt if the game was not in doubt filipowski's not on the floor it was a four-point game with two seconds left technically it is still possible for you to tie this game if you throw the ball up and somebody makes a three and gets fouled or somebody gets fouled on a catch or a cut or something like that makes a free throw, misses a free throw, you tap a ball out and make a three. Now, it's impossible. Impossible. It's improbable, but not uh, but not impossible that that would happen. We've seen countless times where people, including Duke, will get their starters off the floor, and sometimes if the other team's inbound on the ball, you take your whole team off the floor so that nobody's out there for the course arm because you know it's going you know to happen. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't like... People could say, well, Filipowski should have been over on the other side. Well, the play that was still going on in the game had him run across to the left side mm-hmm. because he's a guy that's going to shoot it left-handed going that way. I mean, so I, I kind of felt bad that way. Like, that was, not a, that was not a normal thing because of score and because of situation there, what they were trying to get. Yeah, and it really it's a, it was a – that's not the norm in, in any of that. Um, you know, now – if if I wouldn't have heard from Duke people, I I could be I could sympathize even more with them, but you know Filipowski saying he got intentionally punched. I don't know how he would know that, and and you certainly don't see anything that looked intentional with the million replays that we've seen of it. And then you know Shire acting like the Pope just got shot. I, I get listen I'm. I am all for player coaches, especially protecting their players, but we can also get really emotional about it and caught up in the moment. And you know, you know, as as a good friend pointed out to me Saturday night, had Coach K still been the coach at Duke, we would have barbed wire around around arenas by now. Yes, you know, I mean, you know, we're we're suspending games until we put up hockey boards. Wait, so are you saying that? the Duke men's basketball program that treats media timeouts like state events <laughs> where we have to sprint on the floor National and place holiday. As, such, as such and every manager takes the job as seriously as the Secret Service mm-hmm. do. 
You're telling me they may have overreacted and created this? Yeah, the same place that had uh, Grayson Allen, who intentionally tried to hurt multiple people for years. Yeah, But uh, all that aside, my overlying thought is, no matter how you feel about Duke or any of that garbage I just brought up, Filipowski's got a right to be where he was. He's got a right to try to get off the court. He is not obligated to sprint off the court. In fact, I would argue if he would run, would have run, it would have been more dangerous. It would have been worse. Well, he would have taken three bodies. Yeah, I mean, he would have just cold-cocked yeah, three people. That would be more dangerous than slowly trying to navigate yourself your way through. Um, so, I, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. And I am assuming he just stepped on somebody's foot and rolled his ankle. You mean he didn't get shot? He did not get shot. Because John F. Kennedy was given less treatment when he got shot and killed in a motorcade than Kyle Filipowski was on the court. It, it just, you know, it's unfortunate. I hate to see it. I am all for player safety, and players should not have to worry about those kinds of things at the end of the game. At the same time, I don't want to take the excitement out of a game, and I, 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 I just don't, I don't have a problem with court storming. I just don't. But Wake Forest, going forward, they've got to do a better job. It is very predictable that that's going to happen, and it would have been it been really easy to stop to slow that down. Six five four roars the number. I do want to ask the question: like, what? How can you actually stop this? Uh, well, the if you're trying you can, to, but, right? That's but right. We'll talk about some we'll things. talk about that, and we'll also get to the uh, Clemson Florida State game where there was not a court storming. Because predictably, Clemson won. Stay with us. Hour two of the program continues right after this. This week, it's an in-state showdown as the Clemson Tigers go head-to-head with the USC Upstate Spartans. It's a game that's sure to bring electricity and excitement, and you won't want to miss a single moment of the action from Doug Kingsmore Stadium. The Tigers are on the prowl, so make sure you tune in Tuesday at 3.30 to catch all the play-by-play coverage right here on the Clemson Athletic Network. We are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. Call the plumber whose name is his number one, Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber will be there in an hour, or they'll discount your bill. In one hour? Yeah. Just dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. That's their name. That's their number. Call the plumber whose name is his number one, Tom Plumber. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally... Go Tigers! 
No one wants it to happen to them, but unfortunately, chances are good that at some point it'll happen to you. Roof troubles. It's one of the most important parts of your biggest investment. So when you need repairs or a new installation, you need someone who you can trust to get the job done right. You need Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. As a family owned and operated roofing company for nearly six decades, Joe Robertson and Son have built a reputation for quality craftsmanship. It's why thousands of upstate home and business owners have chosen them for their roofing needs. Beyond providing quality work they're proud to stand by, Joe Robertson and Son Roofing also takes a client first approach to their job. That means quality roofing, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. Put it all together and it's easy to see why they're the upstate's premier roofing provider. You can't cut corners when it comes to roof repairs and installations, so go with the trusted name in the upstate. Go with Joe Robertson and Son Roofing. Get started today by visiting them online at robertsonroofing.net. Hey, it's Boost Mobile here with a great deal to keep you connected and help you make the most of your tax refund. When you switch to Boost, you get four lines for 100 bucks plus four free 5G smartphones like the Samsung Galaxy A15 or the Moto G Stylus 5G. We're here to bring you the best phones on America's largest 5G networks so you can get after it. Switching is easy. Just head to your local Boost Mobile store for four lines and four phones for $100. Visit BoostMobile.com for details. New customers only. Requires auto pay and ID verification. Other restrictions apply. See participating dealers for details. Rely on EnviroMulch for all of your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and more. EnviroMulch will make your yard look amazing during the months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Hi, I'm Henry Winkler. My eyes are very important to me. My eyes connect me with everything I love. I loved my late father-in-law dearly. He always lit up a room, but his vision dimmed with age. He had age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. And since partnering with Apellus, I've learned there's an advanced form of dry AMD called geographic atrophy, or GA. His struggle with vision loss made me want to help others know about GA's warning signs. For some, colors appear dull or washed out. For others, hazy or blurred vision make it hard to see details, like fine print on price tags. Many have trouble seeing in the dark, making driving at night difficult. GA gets worse over time and cannot be reversed. If you think you have GA, don't wait. Treatments are available. Ask a retina specialist about FDA-approved treatments for GA and go to gawon'twait.com. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar. Where every day is g- game, game day. Together. Better than birds of a feather, you and me. We'll change the weather. Yeah. I'm feeling heat in December when you found me. I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars. I follow you through the dark and get enough. Springs right around the corner, folks. Summer bod is in the uh, not-so-distant future for you. Uh, let's go ahead and start working on getting back in the gym and, and any kind of workout uh, or just you know any kind of positive lifestyle. Uh, there are supplements that can enhance workouts, mood, energy, all that stuff. UpstateMuscle.com is where you can find all of those, uh, the the protein continues to be a bestseller, continues to be shown as one of the best, if not the best, 
on the market uh, for multiple reasons. One, it has everything in it that you're looking for. It has BCAAs. It has the digestive enzymes. Uh, 25, I think it's 25 grams of protein in every serving. But it also tastes fantastic. It is something that you don't feel like you have to take. It's something you want to take. You want to drink these in the morning. Uh, UpstateMuscle.com. I encourage you just to go to their website, read about the products, read the reviews, try it for yourself. If it doesn't work out, they have a money-back guarantee. Also have free shipping on any order over $49. And if you use promo code BEN, you'll get 20% off of your order. It is all at UpstateMuscle.com. All right, so uh, again, I, I think I think it's unfortunate that Kyle Filipowski got hurt on the floor. I also think that if it, I mean, to a Texas point, if if it were somebody else besides a Duke player that this happened to, would it be as big of a deal? I mean, it would be the same level of seriousness, whatever you think. But the fact that it's a Duke player, it does heighten the level of conversation yeah. now, around it. But but wait a minute, Texter. I, I basically defended Filipowski. So, I mean, what's with that garbage text? I, are, now, are you telling me that I should be outraged and that I should make this a referendum on court stormings all across America and all sports? Like, should I just go all in and jump the gun here? I'm not going to do that. I said before this happened last week that I, I don't have a problem with court stormings. And... You know, you need to be responsible as a school and do all that you can. And sometimes that might not be enough. But the percentages are minute compared to the number of possibilities. And I'm, I'm my stance doesn't change on that. It doesn't. Some of the discussion around this has been laughably stupid. Can I just like, say that? It's, it's irritating, though, when I... I'm defending the players because it is their court. And I, I said that multiple times. And then you send out somebody, some, somebody sends a text like that. I'm not mad enough for you. Come Get on. Out of I, here. Listen, I, I'm for, for example, this is the mat. This is the maddening discussion about this. Seth Davis, college basketball aficionado understand, understands how college basketball works. This is what he tweeted um, 42 minutes ago. And I'm going to just, I'm going to use him. It's not a, it's not a straw man because it's an actual guy. But I'm going to just knock down every bit of this. Because there are people acting like it is just so easy to ban corpse. We'll just ban it. We'll just ban it. John Shire spent a minute talking about just ban it. Ban it now. Do it now. Ban it. So that, just just simply saying ban it. Fixes the problem. Like Michael Scott yelling, I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> it's, it's, this, it's the same logic. This is what Seth Davis said 42 minutes ago. How come we never see court storms at NBA games? Now, I have a very simple answer for that. Very simple. But he continues as if this is some rhetorical question. Are those fans more measured? Less enthusiastic? Actually, yes, by the way. No. Which is the wrong answer to all his questions. How are you answering your own questions wrong? No, it's because the NBA lets everyone know that if you step on the court, you'll leave the arena in handcuffs. It's really that easy. No, wrong, a thousand times wrong. Dookie Seth Davis is being obtuse here. 
He's being a moron by design, and I don't understand it. Of course college games are different from the NBA for one reason. Student sections are mobs by design. There is not a comparison in an NBA game for a college student section. What we are talking about is not keeping a dozen drunken bozos coming out on the court by themselves. That's not what we're talking about. By the way, if you total up the number of individual ejections at NBA games and compare that to college games, I bet way more people get ejected from NBA games. You know why? Because people are immature, stupid, they drink too much, they don't know how to behave. Because nobody comes together with 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 of their closest friends at an NBA game and decides, as a group, we're going to come on the court. This is one of the most asinine things. Like, presumably smart people. Seth Davis is very smart. He's a very smart person who is in college basketball. Do you really not know why this is not the same as an NBA game? We're not talking about keeping individual people off the court. We are talking about a section that is designed to be a mob We are telling the students to get loud and to be together and to be a menace for two hours and three hours of We're telling them to be a mob. We are encouraging them to be a mob. So if they act like a mob when the game is over, we should not be shocked. You are not encouraging the same thing at an NBA game. It is not the same. You know what would happen? You know the best, honestly, the best thing you could do, and I actually talk to some people about this, the best thing that you could do is you could say, if you come on the court, you could be arrested for trespassing. You could do that. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Thousands of people would still be on the court risking that you're not going to catch them. Yep. And again, we're talking about a college campus. Omaha, I think, said something similar to this. But you, you mean like we could have a legal drinking age of 21, but yet half the, fan, half the students that are under the age of 21 – Probably consumed alcohol by the time that game occurs. Yes. Like, we could have a rule. Doesn't mean anybody's going to follow it. Wake Forest sells alcohol in the arena. Right. You mean nobody used a fake ID to get alcohol in a 20? I mean, it's shocking. Yeah. Shocker. There's some sensible things you can do to to try to help this. I I don't think you can stop it altogether. I mean, you're you're finding schools in in the SEC for doing it in football, and it's happening anyway. I mean, I don't know what else... Again, I I hate it happened. I hate it happens to any player. And like I say, it's that is the players you're on their turf. They've got a right to be there. You don't. But let's also not not act like this happens every night either. You know, happened it happened to happen to two stars this year, Caitlin Clark and Kyle Filipowski. We didn't hear much of, as much we talked about it on the air and I said the same thing then. Um, she wasn't injured, and that that was why you probably didn't hear as much about it, right? You know, well, but. and I, I would I will say that like I thought John Shire sounded like a whiny little baby at the press conference. Okay, I did. I, I thought he sounded like a whiny little baby. Although Steve Forbes echoed his comments, he's like, uh, you could even see it. Like that the camera. Have you seen the whole video of that where it pans to Steve Forbes and he's just like. He is so, he is so undone about all this. He's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I like you could tell Steve Forbes didn't like it either. He didn't he didn't really want him to storm the court. He probably knows he's gonna have to answer for it at some point. He's like, ugh. His body language going down the court is like, get calling all his players like, get out of there. You don't get hurt too. 
Brad Brownell said something's going to happen. I'm starting to move against. I think coaches probably are mm-hmm. mostly – so I don't think Shire's got some position that his peers don't have here. No, and I I would expect most coaches – we talked about this last week with the handshake line, and most coaches, I'm guessing, would – if they had a vote, would be on anything that eliminates the possibility of their player being involved in an incident. Right. Because that's it's kind of their responsibility. Make sure – protect my players, make sure they're eligible next week. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, if it, – it, like, at, I, I think it works at Clemson football because fans know they're going to be allowed. They're asked not to get on the, on the field – you know, to give the, they're asked to let players get off the field. They don't do it, but they they also slow down a little bit. You know, it, it's. Am I right there? Yes. Um, I mean, it's a little different with football because it's such a large field, and and a lot of players don't want to leave. I mean, visiting players, they want to talk to the other team and stuff like that. But regardless, there's almost an understanding. You know, this is going to happen, but you've got to, there's some give and take. You've got to help us a little. If you had that understanding with your student section at a basketball game, like, hey, we're going to hold this rope up here. We're going to let you on. We're not going to try to completely stop you, but give us, give us 15 seconds. Right. Give us 15 seconds. Barrett Salee actually tweeted this. I, I retweeted earlier. I think it was fascinating. He said, the way to fix court and field storming is to normalize it in the way that Clemson has in football. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't it, even see that. Make it widely known to fans before the game and during the game that they'll be allowed on the playing service after a designated period of time that will allow players to exit. Normalize it. That's that's a good way of putting it. And may, like maybe that helps. I, I will say that there's a greater intensity when you win a game like Wake Forest did against Duke. Yeah. Also, all that aside... Should Wake have stormed the court for that game in the first place? They, they've only Steve I, Forbes has only won three quad one games in his time at Wake. I think they were fine to do it. I, I, yeah, I mean, obviously they, they were favored they, in the game. Wake was favored. Right? They were favored by two. Yeah, that's see, that's what gets me. Like if if Wake was a twenty point dog, and their number, you know, their team ten upsetting team number two in the league that's a little more understandable i mean they're they're one spot away from <laughs> or two spots away from dude i mean they were in two games of them and they were they were they they stormed the court and they were supposed to win right i a guess little, a little surprising maybe they hadn't had a they really hadn't had a lot of big wins in a while i mean i guess that's true i guess i understand that i mean here's yeah, Here, Texas is their biggest home game in seven years. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is this is my thing though. If we're if you're gonna, the institutional bans don't work. I know of at least one SEC school that budgets court stormings and field stormings. Like they budget for it in their athletic budget. So that ain't yeah. that ain't you're not stopping people unless you punish them. And you can't punish you can't punish an individual guy acting like a jack a at an NBA game. You cannot punish 3,000 students who decide collectively to come rush the court. And finally, I would give this person credit for saying this, but he may not want credit. And that is, 
if this was NCAA football, Duke wouldn't be eligible for postseason because their best player is now injured. <laughs> and we would all be okay with it. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Drop them to a five seed. They're done. Hour two's in the books. Hour three, Clemson, Florida State. Next. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg.